Good morning and happy Monday, listeners. Welcome to a very special episode of Living in the Moment, or at least it's very special to me. Today's episode is actually our last episode of what we have called season one. And there's a bit of an ulterior motive to this. I am actually in the process of transitioning out of TLS and starting a new chapter for myself. Unfortunately, I haven't yet mastered the best way to deliver the news, but I always prefer to cut to the chase anyways. So living in the moment will be placed on a little bit of a hold in my absence, and I am leaving it in expert hands to navigate where the show goes next. For me personally, this podcast has been an incredible opportunity and experience. It has taught me so much about our brand, our brand partners, and our people. I am so excited about this next chapter for me, but it tears up my heart to leave this TLS family of mine. Now, today's episode, we did things a little differently. We flipped the script and we are celebrating my journey. This idea came up when my transition began, and it was important to me that the person I celebrate with be someone integral to my journey. We all know and love Miriam, and Miriam has been with me since day one of my TLS journey. As a moment maker and team lead, she was my manager and leader, and in my more recent roles with TLS, she's been a friend and a partner in so many aspects of these roles. I couldn't think of anyone better to celebrate this episode with me, so here we go for one last time. It's time to celebrate my journey. All right, Alicia. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to ask you these questions. Of course. So tell me about your career and a story up until now. Mm. So unexpected. Right. <laughs> Um, Okay, well, I have grown up here in London. Um, I've grown up in the first service brands world, really. My my mom's worked in first service brands at some capacity my whole life. Um, When I when it was ready for me to enter the workforce, I started in retail, which personally, I do not recommend. I don't think it was really for me. So I did that really through high school. It was good experience, but then I went into university and I always wanted to go into university for psychology, Mm -hmm. Um, but, and it may offend some people, I I chose not to because I just felt that the job market coming out of university with a psychology degree would not be as vast. There wouldn't be as many opportunities and it just didn't feel like a tangible type of degree to me that I could do much with. because my dream was not to become a therapist. I was just very interested in people and what makes people tick. So I chose business and with that, um, like a business degree and with that I chose marketing as the concentration because I figured it's about people, it's how you cater to people, it should be interesting. And then I quickly realized um, I don't enjoy marketing as the only subject. Um, So I, I switched my concentration halfway through my first year um, and I decided on it's the degree is called leadership and organizational management but it's a very fancy way of saying HR which is the psychology of people so it seemed like the perfect uh, end goal there 
And through university, I had all the classroom knowledge and I was receiving that classroom knowledge of business, but I wasn't really getting much hands-on experience. So there was an opportunity with College Pro that was at the time a first service brand uh, to be a franchisee for College Pro Window Cleaning. Mm -hmm. So I started that in my first year. I took over um, three, two postal codes in London and later a third and went through all the training, went through the startup, called all of my previous customers that I basically inherited, grew the business. Um, and that one was a challenging year because I was taking over the postal codes from a franchisee that didn't treat it with much care the, pre the previous year. So there's a lot of relationships to mend with customers and a lot of trust to build back within the brand mm -hmm. and the business, which I managed to do um, and then grow it from there. And my goal each year, which I think it drove my managers at the time crazy, it was never a sales goal. It was never, I want to get hit this amount of money. I want to get this much profit. It was, I want the customer satisfaction to be 100%. And I was told it was impossible or that it wasn't a realistic goal because you can't, it's, it's difficult to reach that. It's not in your control. So I said, well, to an extent it is because if I keep customers happy, then I will hit the goal. My first year, I did not. Um, <laughs> I had a 99.7 <laughs> because there was one customer that gave, that um, I was always very good at going to do my surveys and say, this is what we've done. Would you mind filling out the survey? Like there was that personable element, but there was one customer and I remember very, very clearly and I wasn't able to do that because she wasn't home. So I right. left the survey in her hands and she put a seven with a comment of everyone can always improve, blah, blah, blah. Like there was nothing really pointed, but it was the idea of no yes. one can get a 10, right. which fair enough. So um, that brought me to a 99.7 in my first year, which is still an accomplishment, but mm -hmm. not the goal. Um, so then in my second year, reset the goal and they kept pushing me you need a sales goal we need to do this and right. i said no, no nope this is my goal it's going to be net promoter score of 100 and that's that so i did hit it that year nice and i hit it my third year beautiful and then um i reached a point where i just i just realized like it was taking a toll on me the business was so i uh prioritized myself and i transitioned out of there and and helped put my territory into more capable hands and and tried to transition it properly mm -hmm. um and then i moved into the it was about maybe seven eight months later i had an opportunity to move into the head office area of college pro and right. i was a an administrative assistant with them which was a very nice way of just saying jack of all trades and and mm -hmm. there was not really a specific set of duties it was just kind of like i had every day was different and there was a whole long list of stuff that i got to do because it was a a role that i was creating as i walked into it so um it was very fun there's a lot of variety which i like because i can't i can't handle routine things it just becomes too mundane for me um and then from there as i was going through that role there was uh, a woman I was working with, she was going on maternity leave and she handled all of the conferences for the for the business at the time. And as she was going on maternity leave, we had to transition that responsibility to someone. So I took right. on that responsibility and I um, she coached me and, and taught me everything she knew. And, and together, as she transitioned into her mat leave, um, we then worked out the conference for that year. 
And after that was when I moved into the role of manager of events and I got to then manage the conferences ongoing because I found that that was a huge passion of mine and I had a lot of fun doing that. And then also in brand awareness, which was a, another fun way of saying like brand consistency. So I was responsible for making sure that the College Pro brand was aligned with and consistent throughout all levels of the mm -hmm. business from uh, head office to all the franchisees. And there was about, I want to say 150 of them across both painting and window cleaning. So mm -hmm. it was it was a difficult task. Um, and then in 2020, First Service retired the painting side of College Pro and sold the window cleaning side. Mm -hmm. So um, I was <laughs> effectively out of a job, I guess, the, <laughs> the most gentle way of putting it. But um, I, I stayed with College Pro until it was officially retired. Um, and then I started from my passion of being that manager of events and, and seeing all those conferences come to life. I started an event planning business. Swept away events. My last name is Broom. It took my best friend a year and a half to understand that pun. True story. <laughs> she texted me one day and went, oh my God, I finally get it. Um, <laughs> I started that business and um, I used like the first couple months of 2020 to really dive into it and understand the business plan and figure out where I wanted to go for it. I had a couple of through family connections and friends connections. I had a couple of events lined up for the spring of 2020. And then we got hit with a wonderful global pandemic. And that's a terrible time to start an event planning business. <laughs> I can tell you that. Do not recommend. Um, so that took a bit of a back burner. I, and I think I just lost the spark in it because there wasn't really any at the time light at the end of the tunnel. Right. So it was hard to dive into it or get excited about anything because there wasn't anything. Um, I pivoted it to be online experiences and some like online events and um, Zoom parties and that sort of thing. But there wasn't much traction and the mm -hmm. passion wasn't there. And then I needed a paycheck. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I needed some income severely. Um, and that's where I applied to TLS. And I had worked with TLS as a franchisee because you were the brand experience center or we Correct. were the brand experience center for College Pro. So I had spoken to several moment makers as my in my time as a franchisee, um, I had, I'm going to say harassed, but really used TLS as a resource for several uh, needs of mine as a franchisee. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was different now to come in on the side of being a moment maker. So I applied to TLS. Um, I got the job as a moment maker and I joined your team, uh, mm -hmm. Paul Davis, and later um, a team lead for both Paul Davis and First On Site when First On Site came into the Brand Experience Center. And then a um, few months after that was communications coordinator, which was another role that I got to create from the beginning and um, a lot of opportunities there. And then that grew to this current role of manager of franchisee experience and communication specialist. Wow. Yeah, that's quite the journey. Just a little bit. Mm -hmm. no. Beautiful. So I do feel and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel that you're a type of a person that you went to school for getting a degree that you thought that you're going to do it. You took your degree and everything and then you decided to change path and wanted to do business. 
And then while doing business and everything else, somewhat where you got inspired from what you were doing and you decided to have your own business, which was the event planning and all that stuff. Amazing. Any regrets so far with all the decisions that you've made up, up until now? Well, I always say I'd never have regrets because I think that you can always be learning from whatever you might mm -hmm. say, oh, I could have done that differently. So in a sense, I guess that's a regret. But um, I think I don't think that there's anything I would say was a mistake because mm -hmm. I've gotten to a point in my life where everything I believe everything's happened for a reason. Um, I think that what I could have done differently, I would have maybe not renewed for a fourth year with uh, with my franchise because I think that would have been the better opportunity to properly transition it by saying mm -hmm. I'm going to step away because um, instead I did it partly through the year and I just don't think that was fair to the business. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that in terms of even my schooling, like I, I cherish my degree, but I think that I've gotten most of my learning from the experience and especially Correct. being a franchisee, it was a lot of hands-on experience and a lot of real world experience that mm -hmm. I think the degree is, is great to have on paper, but I more so would credit any of my success or anything that I have accomplished to the real world experience that I've gained as opposed to the classroom. The classroom is great for the theory, right? but so when you stepped into TLS, my question is, um, what was uh, interesting or what was a huge learning for you that you always experienced TLS as a franchisee? And then now you were behind the camera, sort of a say, if we say that you normally hear these moment makers or you see a movie, but you were kind of on the sets of how something gets produced and delivered Yes. to your customers or to yourself. What was that experience? Well, I, 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 even through TLS journey, like if we isolated everything that I've done here, everything that I've done is like pulling back the curtain a bit more. So getting this new perspective of the moment maker side, one, it's a huge level of appreciation because I think as a franchisee, um, like one thing that Val, for example, always reminds me of is that it was in my first year, very difficult to get a hold of me because mm -hmm. I would avoid TLS's calls. <laughs> I heard that, yes. <laughs> I would see TLS come up as a on the caller ID and be like, nah, I can deal with that later. And then I'd get the email mm -hmm. message of what they were calling for. I'm like, okay, now I can deal with it. Like I would just avoid talking to people, which is not the greatest quality to have in customer service. <laughs> um, but that was my, I think my brand at the time. So now being a moment maker, and having the experience of calling offices and needing to warm transfer customers and the importance of getting customers in, in touch with offices and representatives, having those calls declined, it sucks because mm -hmm. you get you become invested in this customer's journey and you just wanna see it through. And when you can't and it's completely out of your control, right? it's awful. So to then <laughs> realize that that's <laughs> what I was doing, was impeding on this customer's journey, it's a huge wake up call. Yeah, isn't that interesting that you have a perception of something or you just perceive it the way you hear it or you, but once you're part of it, it's a total different. Yeah game and you see what goes behind everything. And that's the biggest lesson I can pass along or the biggest tip is answer your phone. <laughs> and to all the franchisees. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you, if you work with one of our brands and you're listening to this, answer your phone at all times. <laughs> nice. 
Now, I also heard that you were one of the franchisees of College Pro who never owned a ladder. Oh, no, I did. You did? I did. Well, I never... Okay, so I owned all the ladders we needed to. Okay. But I very, very rarely would use my 24-foot or my 32-foot ladder. I avoided ladders. That's what it was. <laughs> okay. I had my my favorite ladder, and this is a, like a very technical thing my favorite ladder is a it's a multi i think it's a four-way use ladder you can get it from any um home depot rona etc but it's it it has different um formations so it was an a-frame ladder and then you could put it into like a short extension and its maximum height was 17 was 17 feet and i just at the time was not really physically strong so that's why I avoided the ladders because they okay. were very heavy. But this one I could sling around no problem. I was really great with it. Like it was my flexibility ladder. So um, I would try my best to do any job, whether it was safe or not. Um, I would try to do any job with that ladder because that was my comfort. So. Right. So it's not totally a rumor. <laughs> you're not wrong. I don't, I don't know where this rumor started, but you're uh-huh. not wrong. Well, see, I know everything. Mm-hmm. If I, um, well, I'm going to jump to the next question, but before that, I'm going to ask a question and you get no time to answer it. Oh, gosh. College Pro or TLS? This is my problem. I, I always categorize things. So in terms of what? In terms of everything. Like to work both with? Were, both for career for you, in a way that you work with College Pro for that time period of time and it's been two years that you're here. So I'm saying... If you if you, if you got to pick, if I had so if I had to pick like for experience and learning, I would pick College Pro because mm-hmm. I think it was very valuable. If I had to pick choice of workplace, I would go TLS because it's it's been very much a family. I've gotten some incredible relationships, and it's I am a part of something. Whereas mm-hmm. as a franchisee, it was very isolated because it was me and my territory and the people that I hired, and I had to create it all. So it wasn't the same. Uh, thing to be a part of right so yeah cool thank you <laughs> if i ask you that who are the three people who have been the most influential in your life and why my mom first and foremost that one i don't need any time to answer um, <laughs> she's i think because i've grown up in this in this world through her um those are the value like the, the first service brand values those are the ones that she instilled in me. Um, the work ethic she's instilled in me, it's all very business related, but what she's taught me is um, how to deliver what you promise and mm-hmm. how to show up for people and the expectation and the, and the high standard that you set for yourself. And it's a blessing and a curse, but mm-hmm. it's everything that I feel I am today and the qualities that I love in myself are because of her. So she's number one. And uh, frankly, I would say number two and number three, but um, who else? I think it's a very broad answer, but all of my past relationships, and I'll just mm-hmm. group that into one because while many of them have failed to be perfectly candid, it's taught me a lot about myself um, and mistakes that I've made along the way and contributions that I've made into those failings if we want to call it that mm-hmm. um, and it's then brought improvements into my own life and decisions that I can make and then third I think um, to be honest you and I'm not just saying that um, 
but you have been there since day one and you've instilled some fear in me for the good, but you've also been a great resource to bounce ideas off of or to talk through if I can't come up with a solution or a reason for a problem or a response um, to talk through if I'm feeling anxious or wrong about something. So you've been very influential and valuable in how my brain works. Well, thank you. That's sweet. You are an inspiring person yourself. So I don't think that I have done anything, but you inspire me all the time. Thank you. Cool. This is getting interesting. Oh. Getting to know you more, right? You don't know me enough? I guess not. If we go to a little bit of your journey at TLS, um, and if you think, like thinking about your own development within TLS, what would you say is the key to the success and what motivates you? I think the key is the teams I've been a part of, because I think about the different things that I've had, like the different achievements or accomplishments, and then even just the, the things I've been able to implement, They've all been part of some kind of a team conversation or initiative. Um, and it's, I've never been able to do it alone. Mm-hmm. So I think having so many great people to bounce ideas off of, have creative discussions, um, and just come up with these things that in the end, like even our social purpose program that we've done this summer, while I've orchestrated the different um What's the word I'm thinking of? Like I've, I've done a lot of the planning mm-hmm. where all of these ideas came from was not me. It was conversations that I've had along the way and different people's input and different ideas from other people. And I think that that's been a really valuable asset. Um, and then I think if I were to say in my personal opinion, my own work ethic um, and, and the way that I always want to practice that continuous improvement and Mm -hmm. I'm unfortunately a perfectionist so always striving for it to be better and to and to keep learning because when I feel that I've hit my ceiling is when I need more okay so what I think you're saying is that what you try for to be better in life that sort of motivates you Mm -hmm. to move forward and get better and better day by day it's hard to answer these questions I know, right? Somebody asks these questions almost every week from everybody, and I was wondering how does it feel to be in their shoes? <laughs> See, now it's a new perception. Yeah. Yeah, because it's really easy to ask. I them. love this. I love this entire <laughs> experience of like, you know what? Let's switch we'll seats. flip the script. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, what does being a moment maker mean to you, Alicia? Oh, so much. I think... It's the care for people because the different the different experiences or, or processes that we have with customers, we can't always be the end answer or we can't provide the solution, but we can be um, a step along the way and mm-hmm. we can be a positive step along the way. So for me, in the, in the professional sense, it's that engagement with people and just trying to have them leave any interaction, whether it's a customer of a brand or 
the brands themselves because I, I get to work with them now in this role, um, just leaving them with a positive impact and a positive outlook on mm-hmm. what we just experienced together. So that's the, the professional side. On the personal side, I think it's just um, finding a way to be more understanding, mm-hmm. tolerant, um, and engaging with people just in your everyday life because road rage for example i'm right. i'm a culprit i uh-huh. <laughs> i get very frustrated while driving but when you're having a bad day and you're maybe making mistakes on the road you wish to an extent that people would understand that like if someone honks at you and you're like well i'm trying to get to wherever everyone has that story Correct. so it's it's recognizing that we're all kind of equal on that playing field of we all go through something, we all have a day, we all have a moment, whatever it is. And I just think that being a moment maker is recognizing that we can all be a little kinder to each other. Correct. I also think on a personal level that, and it could be strange, you may not agree or not understand what I'm trying to say, but I feel that it kind of reverts you back to think about a moment or living in it that you are in. Because there are so many times that you're always in rush uh-huh. And just being like hearing moment to me is like it's like a speed breaker or something that makes you stop, think, yeah. enjoy. It's the entire summer of 2020. And then, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting, actually. No, I agree. And, and it's like living in the moment as a title for a podcast. It's almost ironic for me because it's the exact opposite of what I do. I'm Mm -hmm. always looking at the next thing or planning ahead or thinking what comes tomorrow, this next minute, what do I have to do in five minutes? That's me. And it's really, really hard for me to ground myself and Mm -hmm. be present because I'm always worried about the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. I've experienced that. (laughs) That's why I need (laughs) intense amounts of therapy. Oh, God. What excites Alicia to come to work? The people. And I think it's 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 the people like our team um, in leadership, but I think mostly our moment makers, like I, mm-hmm. the relationships that I've been able to develop and establish with our people. They're all amazing. And especially through this series. Yes, because that's my selfish way of continuing it because I'm no longer a moment maker. Um, but I, just the amount of passions and stories and everything that we have just amongst our people the opportunity to come to work and hear more and learn more and and interact with with our people that's what gets me up in the morning so Mm -hmm. i just get excited to see everyone or i guess talk to everyone because i don't get to see them yeah but that's a good feeling too to have that source of yeah. Um, positivity and looking forward to something. Yeah, to there's, to there's always it's very, something very important. that I know is going to be, it's, yeah. it's going to put a smile on my yes. face. Yeah. That's the best feeling. Mm-hmm. When you come to, I think that's the point that you don't, like you, you will love what you do kind of thing in your job if you have the people around you. and You don't have to work a day yes, if you love it. Exactly. And that's I think that's one thing that we all learn from you, especially, and, and Anna, and that's what's inspiring is that you two find excitement in your jobs mm-hmm. with the people. And it's about that interaction that you and, and that resource that you get to be with our people. 
um, that you basically, you don't have to work a day in your life because you love what you get to do with them. That's correct. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's about the, the fact that I know I'm always going to have a smile on my face because of our teams, Mm -hmm. regardless of what the day throws at me. It could be an incredibly stressful day. I could be on a deadline. I could have like a negative experience with maybe an email or something that's come in. And I know that the second I go and talk to one of our teams, mood instantly switches. That is true. I can tell. I see when, um, when we went remote, every team that you can say, their group chats or anything like it's almost the way I look at it um, whether it's Cal Sardapro Magical First Sunside Paul Davis I feel like they're little um, vacation uh, spots you see different things you hear different amazing things the gifts and everything like if I felt like that during pandemic that this was like a virtual vacation yeah to actually communicate with them and see all that stuff Yes, each brand yes. team is a different vibe. Yes. That's the thing. You go you go to the Paul Davis chat to get the gifts and the goofiness and yeah. just absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. And you go to Cal Closets to um to get like the different stories, like here's what I did last night and mm-hmm. here's my family and then Certipro is just kind of a mix of all of it. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Very Depending nice. on what mood you need is with the uh, yes the chat you go to. Yeah, and you can flip through it. It's like preparing for a movie. Like actors, when they do that, I need a, I need to switch off in order to switch on for my new role. Yeah. So it's a check-in and check-out for me. I'm like, I'm going to move you go to this chat. <laughs> yes, and my favorite thing is to catch something that's so out of context. Yes. That you just pop in and you're yes. like, what in the world are you yeah. even talking about? <laughs> Those are the best ones, uh, the best parts of them. It's generally Earl. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Holy, that's amazing. <laughs> Alicia, what is your biggest success so far or a highlight of your journey? Now I understand. This is this is. I know. I was just going pause. to ding, ding. Somebody's getting a speechless. I can't pinpoint one moment, since we're in the process of talking about moments. Um, there's not one moment, but I think the biggest lesson that mm-hmm. so many have contributed to, that I think have have improved my own skills and my own learning, would be. Um, planning various events and that's in in college pro and also here is that any learning that anything can change on a dime like you can have the most last minute change including one that comes to mind i plan i had a conference in nashville and we were doing uh we had three different venues in the same night so in like a six seven hour evening we had to move 200 people twice to three different places and one of them was the general jackson showboat and that was for dinner and they were going to dock the 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 boat at the bottom of lower broadway and if you know the geography of nashville it's basically where all the bars are um and and from the general jackson we were going to walk up four blocks to the ryman auditorium so Mm -hmm. it was quite convenient 
day of, uh, because of weather that week, the water levels were too high, I think it was, to dock it properly mm-hmm. at the bottom of Lower Broadway. So they had to keep it at their home dock of Opryland, which is 20 minutes away from the Ryman Auditorium by car on a good day with no traffic. So <laughs> we had to make that quick change of now getting buses for 200 people and figuring out the agenda for 200 people in order to still make the timing work. So it's things like that Mm -hmm. where I personally will go, oh my God, this is the end of the world. What do we do? Nothing's going to work. Right. And I've learned over time that this is always going to happen. You're always going to have these last minute changes. You're always going to have to come up with some kind of a plan that I've gotten a bit better. It's not good by any stretch. I've gotten a bit better at having that reaction and getting over it very quickly Mm -hmm. to then jump into action of this is what we can do. This is what's in our control. And I think that being able to make that pivot faster has has allowed for a lot of success. Good. That's a good learning. It's tough for most of people. Yeah. Which I know is the next question is what's your biggest learning opportunity? And I think that's also the same. (laughs) And I'm not going to ask you that question because okay. I think you've answered that twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. That is not going to be my question. Okay, I will stop jumping in as host. <laughs> <laughs> Rightly so. See, you didn't know <laughs> that I was going to switch the questions. I did not. Yeah. What is one piece of advice you would give to a moment maker, to a new moment maker, mm-hmm. or someone first entering the customer service industry? Okay, so I came in, I am the type of person that I don't like, it's gonna be very abrupt, I don't like being on the phone. Like I can't stand talking to people on the phone, mm-hmm. which is a bad, bad quality to have when you're entering as a moment maker. So. I came in really, really nervous and anxious about having to speak to people on the phone. And uh, Seamus, as he likes to say, <laughs> watered me as a little seed into the flower that I am. Um, <laughs> oh, that was a good speech. <laughs> I, uh, I learned everything I know from that man. Um, but he he was really good in preparing me too. And I, but it was just, it was never going to be okay for me until I ripped off the bandaid and just did it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think if you're nervous about that aspect of whether it's being put on the spot or not knowing what the call is going to be or just talking to people, it's realizing that you're going to have to do it regardless. So one, get over it. Um, but (laughs) But my biggest piece of advice would be to just remind yourself that you're not alone You Mm -hmm. have all the support in the world and the people that are around you are going through the exact same thing. So use them, lean on them Mm -hmm. because that's your team. And that's the best part of it is that you have people to support you um, and whatever you can do, you may mess up. You're you're going to mess up. You're going to make a mistake, Mm -hmm. but it's learning from that mistake, trying not to do it again um, and finding different ways to always improve. Correct. Take a breath and be okay. That is true. It's the first few jumps in the beginning that that's just scary for some. Some yeah. Because some people are actually enjoying it. 
They just said that, put me on the phone, let me go through this. So Which I, I envy those people. And yeah. I, I think why I was so scared is because I'm scared of making a mistake. And mm-hmm. I can't, because I always strive for the perfection and it's swallowing my pride of realizing it's going to be bumpy for the first bit. Um, and and I think what I loved in the end was that I could, I took, cause when I was trained, I went through the process where I was calling a customer. I had the exact same script every time and, and I could get used to that. And then after that, I was trained on the processes of incoming calls and you never know what's going to happen mm-hmm. when you pick up the phone. And that was, I think, the most anxiety inducing. But I, I would get in the habit of, all right, let's do this. We'll take a breath. We're ready. And after the call ended, going through and thinking, okay, what did I miss? And mm-hmm. writing those things down and trying to do it differently the next time. And it was that was the learning curve is we're going to mm-hmm. get it eventually, but we're going to learn along the way. Yeah. Nice that you mentioned that you never like to make mistakes. I remember the, your days uh, when you were a movie maker and also a team lead. So I would like to ask you a question. What if you make a mistake? What okay. happens? So there was one time. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, there's two times. And I've told this story before. But when we had our first check-in, because I didn't know that it was a thing you did, uh-huh. um, I thought it was a check-in because I had done something wrong. Uh-huh. So I was incredibly nervous leading up to that, thinking, oh, God, she's going to yell at me. I don't know why I would think you'd yell. Um, (laughs) I'm like, clearly I've done something wrong. So my first reaction is to panic. Um, I then quickly realized after that meeting, that was not the purpose of it. And it was a very nice meeting. Uh, but there was one time that (laughs) I remember it so clearly, there was a claim that had come through and I had, I had run it through the process and there's two offices that have basically the same mm-hmm. code but the letters are different right. or in a different order so it was a little careless mistake of selecting the wrong office because I just kind of looked at it and went that's the correct letters right we'll, we'll send it there and i got an email from you that night and I am one of those that I unfortunately have my email on my phone and I don't really disconnect and I really should. But I saw the email that night and I remember in hindsight having this feeling that I had forgotten something. It's like when you pack up for a trip and you're like, mm-hmm. mm, nope, there's something still at home. And there was just that like little hole in my head of like, what did I do? And I got this email from you and it was like, make sure that we're assigning it to the right office because I had sent it to the incorrect office. And I was like, it all makes sense now. That's that's why I was having that feeling. And I think how I handle it is I felt better knowing that's what I had done. um, And that's why I was feeling that little gap. But I think it's like just trying to reassure myself because where I go in that moment is I panic about someone's perception of me. Mm-hmm. So I get that feedback of did something incorrectly. This is how we do it. Just make sure next time. And it's a very reassuring message in itself when you break it down. But to me, I'm like, Oh God, she thinks I'm a failure. I can't do this. Like I jump to extremes. Mm-hmm. So how I handle it is probably just constantly reassuring myself of, you know what to do. You can do it differently next time. Next time you'll take an extra beat and you don't have to rush and you won't make this mistake again, which is a very vague answer, but. No, it's actually making sense. And like uh, you and I had a few other conversations about general stuff. Mistakes are lessons. Mm -hmm. 
So I never think that anybody should, number one, you should never worry about who's perceiving you in which, what way. Mistakes are lessons. The best part is that learn from them. And then you carry on because if you look back, those were the things. And like, if, if I take you back to your journey, all the stuff that they were a little bit painful, a little bit difficult for you, you talked to me about them as a highlight that somehow it built you and made you. So this is what you had planned all along. Yes. <laughs> so keep that in mind. <laughs> like always, I have, I always take you back to who you are and how you want to think about yourself. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into the therapy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to do a therapy session. Well, it's okay. You're going to send me the bill in the end anyway. Yes, oh, absolutely. <laughs> per, per hour. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel that College Pro had a big part in your life, like you mentioned. Yeah. And I see... TLS being a big part of your life too. If I ask you whether it's a highlight or some, or if you want to say the thing, and if you think about these two um, choices of your career, what did you get from them? Like one thing or one piece, what did TLS give you or what did College Pro give you? So we start with College Pro. I want to keep the best for the <laughs> best for last. Yes. Um, College Pro, I think, it's it's not that it gave me passion, but I think it gave me more of a clarity of what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. So I hold on to College Pro because that is the brand that I grew up with. um, And it has the most meaning to me because I'm a very sentimental person. And it had such an impact in my whole life that to let it go, it, it was like a it's very extreme, but it was like a death in the family. Like it was Mm -hmm. something that it was a big goodbye to make. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it taught me or it gave me the knowledge of what I want to do. And what I always want to do is create an experience for people, whether that's through events, whether it's through um, interactions with customers or seeing the customer journey, or it's, working with a brand partner of ours here um, Mm -hmm. to explain a process or walk them through a process or make a change for them that makes their day easier. Like it's anything that I can do to have an impact on people. That's what I learned from Mm. College Pro because that's what I got to do every day, whether it was the franchisee or events or even just through the brand um, delivery side of it. But yeah, I think that was College Pro. Mm -hmm. How about TLS? Uh, TLS, I think, gave me more, it was the purpose and and meaning of people. Mm -hmm. Because from a business plan perspective, from our people perspective, there's such an emphasis on just an individual's experience that I think what TLS has given me is that reminder and importance of stepping back and recognizing that each individual person is unique and they're here for a different reason, whether they're here as a customer, as a Mm -hmm. partner, as an employee. Uh, We all have a different meaning. We all have a different story and a different purpose that 
what they've given me is the recognition of everyone's uniqueness. Cool. Very cool. How do you perceive goodbyes? Oh, God. Did this come this morning? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just asking, how do you perceive goodbyes? Uh, Emotionally. Um, I don't, I don't like the word goodbye. Like it's, you'll never hear me say the full word goodbye Mm -hmm. because it's too final for me. Mm -hmm. So whether it's by, see it, like I'll say a a version of it, but Mm -hmm. I can't say that one word. Um, It's very difficult for me because I, it's really hard for me to accept an ending. Um, so I think what, <laughs> how I do it is by holding on to whatever I can mm-hmm. of it. Like even College Pro, for example, I still have so many pieces of College Pro within my life, whether it's swag or a logo somewhere mm-hmm. or photos or mem- whatever it might be. Uh, and TLS is going to be the exact same. Like we have our care boutique and while I may not be a moment maker, um, I'm still going to be an avid customer because I'm, it's, it's a pride yeah. thing. Yeah. So I hold on to everything that I can so that I don't have to say goodbye because it's still very much present. Hmm. It's just a different capacity. Interesting. For me, goodbyes are an opportunity to come back. Okay. Is, are you hinting at some, some hope in the future? <laughs> in general, I'm saying anything because goodbyes are usually, when you say goodbye, I mean, you're away, then you miss a person or a place or something and it's an opportunity to return and visit again or it opens a lot of other doors. But then it's not goodbye, it's a see you later. I, it should not be see you later. It's a goodbye. You, but goodbye doesn't mean it's end. I think you look at goodbye as it's I do. It's end. a final. So maybe we should just say, okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but like goodbye. Well, okay. So here's, here's where I get that from. It's a very specific story. But in... So we, we all know by now I'm a very big fan of IndyCar. And in... Um, 2008, I want to say, um, I don't remember the specific year, but it was around there. There was a fatal crash in, um, Las Vegas. And one of the, wasn't one of my favorite drivers, but one of the drivers that I had come to admire, um, respect a lot. And he was successful. He was killed in, in the crash, Mm -hmm. um, in, during that race. And, they, I mean, it was, he was airlifted to the hospital. He was pronounced, they, they put the race on hold and then he was pronounced dead before they resumed it. So they ended up not mm-hmm. resuming the race. Um, I've, for some reason, watched that whole video several times. Like it's wow. just, it's again, something mm-hmm. I hold on to. It's mm-hmm. a very strong memory for me. Um, and they ended up doing tribute laps like in his honor as the whole field and they and they went around the track and it was incredibly emotional but the commentator at the very end he says i always sign off with saying see you next time or see you later because goodbye is so final and he ends the broadcast with saying goodbye dan weldon and that was that final moment and now i'm gonna cry again about it but that was the final moment to say goodbye because that was an ending so it, goodbye like I think because of that 
weighs mm-hmm. just extra heavy for me because it's a very final moment. Okay. Well, Leash, it was pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be the person to actually ask these questions and get to know a little bit the other sides of your life. As if I didn't know before, but this was enlightening. So I would like to ask you, how would you like to sign off? I don't know. I've been trying to figure this out for so long. Well, a few days, it's not so long. <laughs> you can think about that, but I do want to wish you all the very best. Thank you. I know you will be going places, no matter what you want to do in your life. Wherever you put your mind, you will achieve it. You go higher and higher and higher. So keep dreaming and also don't forget to live them. Thank you. Something a friend always uh, once told me was keep reaching for the stars because the stars don't have arms to reach for you. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for doing this. Of course. Anytime. I know, I know, like... Our relationship's not going anywhere, but I'm going to miss you. (laughs) I will miss you too. But I do want to thank you for everything that you have done. For Paul Davis, for First On Sight, for TLS, for all of us. You're leaving an amazing, amazing mark here. We will protect it and preserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And I'm very, very sure that we will see you shortly. It's not goodbye by any means. It's not a goodbye. So sign it off with a leash style. Stay pink, my friends. (laughs) I like stay pink, my friends. (laughs) I I would say always... Always sparkle. That's my thing. So at, at my office at home, I have a wall of different... Um, like framed quotes that I like and the center one is always never let anyone dull your sparkle because like I've said of, of it's hard for me to not worry about things that aren't in my control I'm always worried about everything uh, what you can control is how much you sparkle so I think that's the number one thing that I would always say to anyone is stay sparkly stay sparkly I'll try to be that. <laughs> one more thing. Uh-oh. This is the last one that I'm going to say. Okay. Your favorite quote. Something that it resonates with you. There's you so can, many. I, I can search. Yeah, you can search. Something that it resonates with you. and. There's one that I... Like, I could paraphrase it, but I can't think of the exact wording. Mm-hmm. So... And you're going to send that to me through DM also. Am I? So my favorite, um, my favorite brand, because I'm a very big brand person, not in like a mm-hmm. bougie way, but just I, I like when that too. you can. I get that side too. Yes, okay. yes, I am very bougie. Um, but it's more in like a something to align with way. Like mm-hmm. that's where, that's what I love about um that's what I love about a brand. So my favorite brand has always been Kate Spade because I find it mm-hmm. to be very women empowerment, women focused and just positive. Like it, whether it's a store you walk into or an item that you have, it's just something that's really 
bright and airy and positive. So it's, um, I don't know how I forgot the wording of it, but it's she leaves a little bit of sparkle wherever she goes, <laughs> which is in line with never let anyone dull your sparkle. But it's just that idea, like you said, where I've left my mark and that's always what I want to do is I take so much pride and passion in anything that I do that if I can leave a mark or a little bit of glitter dust, um, that's that's how I know I've done it or I did mm-hmm. it well. So that's what I always want to do is leave a little sparkle wherever I go. That's amazing. So you don't forget to do that always in life. I try not to. Yeah. Well, thank you once again. Thank you. It was lovely to have this conversation with you. Stay happy. Stay positive. And always remember, like I always say, not that you're not, be humble. Always. That will always help you. And always do my level best. Always do your level best. <laughs> That's English. It exists, people. I know Alicia doesn't think it's in English, but it is. What you're thinking of Do your level best, people. Okay, so Miriam has a lot of nuggets and things that she says that might, might not be <clears throat> mainstream or some kind of like common saying that people know. But there's something you always, you always, always say, and it's, I'll do my level best. And... I genuinely, it's so mean. I genuinely thought you didn't know English. So I'm like, that's not a phrase. Like, I don't know where this comes from. And I was like, she's doing her absolute best. Like, I get what you're saying, but it wasn't an, a term. And I'm watching a show. I was watching The Crown, and it is literally English because one yeah. of the characters went, we're going to do our level best. And I went, What? <laughs> I remember the message that night. This is actually a thing. <laughs> I sent a photo of the subtitles and I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. So oh. always, just for you, I will always do my level best. I am pretty sure you will. <laughs> and you'll succeed. Thank you. Well, maybe we should do the same way. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. And there we have it, folks. This is incredibly emotional for me. And as I've explained, I don't like goodbyes and I don't like endings. Living in the moment will always be with me. I will always hold it special. From writing the theme song to designing the logo, I will always sing and wear it proud. These episodes are individual journeys themselves, and I feel so lucky for having the opportunity to captain this ship. Thank you for joining me each week as we celebrate one another. Thank you to everyone for the positive feedback. Thank you for your loyalty. And thank you for always trying to live in the moment with me. I wish you all amazing success. I hope you enjoy the rest of your summer, the little bit that we have left. And if you want to hold on to living in the moment season one, make sure you check out the podcast wag in the care boutique. The link is in our description. With that, my friends, I love you. I cherish you. I celebrate you. Thank you for being a part of this with me and continue to always sparkle. Until next time. Sometimes you need someone there for support. Sometimes you need a little gin.